0: all right all right Mm -hmm. welcome to the underground a place to hear the word of god before you go six feet underground a place where the unseen is where the word of god is going to take you where the darkness covers your life where your foundation is being laid it's the underground and who am i just a voice on one collar And saying repeat Keepin' up heaven is at hand It's the underground collar That's Time to repeat, y'all You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's time, it's time Y'all. every time i come in the underground man i just uh my heart is hit i know the weight that i carry to carry this world to the nation you know what i'm saying i just want to encourage everybody out there who's falling down now, like, uh, having a rough time on their on walk i just want to encourage you to get back up man keep on coming y'all. keep pressing through keep fighting back you know what I'm saying, every time you fall down, man, I'm talking about, you fall down, fall on your knees, we praying to God, lift your voice up during this time. Sometimes when you go walk with God, the best thing you can do is just be on your face, crying out for mercy. Glad we all woke up You woke up this morning, gonna take five seconds to hear God some praise. you to get, get to hear the word of God, man. You should be thankful. Your ears is open to the word of God. You have a desire to hear the word of God, man. Be but I do know one thing. All my Crips, all my gang bangers out there. Time to repent. Black man. Time to repent, baby. I know, I just be happy. I take myself serious, I take God serious. You don't take yourself that serious, you, you know how to have fun. You know how to dust things off quickly. You, you don't have to be too hard on yourself when you don't take yourself that serious. You know, Solomon told us that in Ecclesiastes oh. say, don't take yourself serious. Stop thinking too highly of yourself and take God seriously that right there and I ran with it. and I doubled it up on it. but anyway, we about to get into this word, y'all I appreciate everybody coming to the underground a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. the <laughs> ground just the voice of one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of God All right, all right, all right. Glad everybody is in here, and everybody who's going to be listening today. I hope you guys had a great Monday, the beginning of the week. Hope everything is going well in your life. I hope you have gave uh, God the praise this morning throughout your day. I hope you was able to bless somebody with your lovely presence, with your lovely smile with your lovely spirit. I hope you was able to bless somebody with that today. When you was at work, I I hope you was just able to bless somebody with your spirit, bless somebody with a kind word because that's what you're here for. That is what you're here for. And I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out your day to get up out this world and come to the underground. You know, just to hear this word, you you ducked away right now. I want y'all to know when you come to the underground, you are covered. You are covered. Can't nobody get to you right now. Why? Because you underground. (laughs) So I just want to thank everybody for coming out, man. Let me give some quick shout out. Shout out to Makia up in Houston, Texas. Shout out to Anthony and Teresa all the way up in San Antonio. Shout out to uh, Jalene Berry all the way up in that Houston, Texas, my lovely wife. Shout out to you, you know, and shout out to uh, that city that never sleeps, H-Town. I see you, baby. I see you. I just want to get this word of God to you real quick, man. And shout out to uh, Iowa and uh, Bur- Burris, Germany, Belgium, Germany. You know, again, that's the last time we checked. Um Those are the two places that listen to the underground the most. So I just want to give a big shout out to you and say, appreciate the support and keep on listening to this word of God. You feel me? All right. Before we do get into this word, uh, I want to give a big, uh, just a big little a little tribute to Dr. Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley. He had a lovely ministry called in touch with Dr. Charles Stanley and, I uh, was introduced to Charles Stanley when I first got saved, and my mom, you know, God rest her soul, she used to watch him uh, every Sunday morning, or you know, sometimes at nighttime, and I just used to gravitate to him because he used to sit on his chair, on his on a uh, on a stage. He'd sit on the chair and he'd just teach the word of God so calmly. He'll just talk you through the word of God, man. You can tell this man has so much wisdom when it came to the word of God, but he passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago Uh, and uh, I seen the news, man. And I said to myself, I do want to pay tribute to that man, because like I say, when I first got saved, he was one of those uh, elders, elders in the faith. You know, Uh, I know he, I didn't ever know him. He know me, but I want to, I want him to know that you blessed my life, enriched my walk when I was young, Dr. Charles Stanley, and I know you with the Lord right now, brother, and I appreciate your ministry and everything you did while you was down here on earth, so, uh, and if you, uh, anybody listening, if you ever want to hear some good quality word, man, Dr. Charles Stanley, man, he's a wonderful teacher of the word, man, God used that man tremendously, And again, I just want to pay my respect and my homage to that brother, man. And like I say, I appreciate everything you did and why you was down here on earth. So salute to you, General Dr. Charles Stanley. And I know you're in the presence of the Lord right now, brother. All right. So let's get to this word real quick. You know, I know some of y'all want to go watch the game or, you know, some of y'all got some shows y'all got to watch because it's Monday and I, I respect that. I truly respect that because yeah, that's what me and my baby like to do. We like to watch some shows. So I respect your time. Uh, I hope you got you recording it at least, you know, but I know I say this a lot, but guess what? I ain't going to be too long. I swear I'm I'm, I'm going to try to get done in a reasonable time. OK, yeah, I bet y'all like, OK, here you go again. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 10. We're going to start off there. Luke chapter 10, and we just go go to verse 38. So we're going to talk about a couple of things this, uh, this uh, tonight, you know what I mean? Talk about a couple of things tonight. And if you haven't already su- subscribed to the Underground, please, man, when you get a chance, go ahead and subscribe. I just found out about that this week. You know, I didn't know uh, <laughs> that you can subscribe to it and know, you know, when, a new message come out and things like that. So when you get an opportunity, go ahead and subscribe. Or if you ever uh, talking to somebody and you know they probably need a word of God, man, shout this underground podcast with them. I'm sure the blessing enrich their lives. I'm sure God will use something, something. You know, he can use the little bitty things of life and bless the multitudes. All right. All right. So this uh, particular chapters, I want to talk about the big dinners of our generations. The, the big dinners of our generation. And I'm going to talk about that real quick, okay? So let's read Luke chapter 10, starting off at verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continue on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Uh, I was uh talking the other day to my wife about this. Jesus always had provision. When he was on the purpose of God, when he was on the will of God, he always had a home he can go to. He always had a boat that he can ride on. He always had food. He always had a donkey prepared for him. See, when you're on the purpose of God, when you're in the will of God, I want you to know God would always provide provision for you. Provide provision for you. okay? so when you're looking for provision, I don't want you to, uh, this is for the saints of God, the real saints of God. When you're looking for provision, the first thing you want to look for instead of the provision is look to see if I'm in a will, because if I'm in a will, the provision comes. Okay. So I want us to start not getting familiar with asking for provision, but getting familiar with being in our purpose, being in our will. You get what I'm saying? If you go through the Gospels, there was hardly a time when you seen Jesus asking for things like that, asking for, asking for, you know, temporal things. Why? Because he he was in the will of God. So he knew his provision would be taken care of. That's why he talked to us about that in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, don't worry about these things. He wasn't just casting out words to make you feel good. He was telling you, this is how I live. I don't worry about these things. I worry about the will of God. And so I want to encourage you believers tonight to continue to worry about the will of God and the provision will follow. The provision will follow and people will welcome you their hearts will be open to you. This uh, lady Martha, she welcomed him into her home. You know, you ever been in so much provision that people just welcome you with nice things, welcome you with funds, welcome you with a car, welcome you with a home, welcome you with a job, welcome you with some uh, with some gifts and things like that. You ever been in that situation? I know I have. And you know why? Because you are in the will of God. you in the will of God. So I want us to uh, us believers of us, us women of God and us men of God to be focused on the will and not stressing over the provision. Focus on the will and not stressing over your provision. Let's keep on moving and grooving. Verse thirty nine, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Okay, so her so Jesus came in, he stepped in. I want y'all to see the the the. The humbleness of Mary and where Mary's mindset was. You see what I'm saying? Her mindset was just sitting at the feet. I just need to learn. I just want to listen. I want to use my two ears that I got. And I want to shut that one mouth I got up. See, because when I'm in the presence of something like this, let me just listen and sit at the feet. See, when you when you start to get in God's presence, this is how you really know you're in God's presence. You stop praying. Oh, my God. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God. Ooh, that's for somebody. See, when you really tap into that presence, you really start praying. And now you just now you just is in the presence. Now you just shutting up and you just want to hear. You just want to hear what the spirit of the Lord wants to tell you for this season, for this moment. You just want to hear what the spirit of the Lord is telling you about this relationship, about this job, about what school to go to, about what friends to be around, about this ministry. You are just now listening. Mary say, this is what I'm about to do. This is what I'm about. I, I, I don't have time to see if I can get a position right now from Jesus. I don't got time. I know they've been going on. They've been healing people. And I heard they going around. Uh, they got clout right now. But this is not the time. I'm not going to ask him, can I go on a uh, mission with him? Can I be one of his disciples? Can I join his ministry? I don't have time for that right now. I'm just here to sit at the feet. Yeah. 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 I'm just here to sit at the feet. No, I don't want to help out with the uh, children's ministry. I'm just sitting at the feet. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to be in a choir. I'm just sitting at the feet right now. Yeah. Some of y'all right now, you're stepping into a ministry. You're you're going to a new church. God is uh, uh, pushing you and moving you to join a certain ministry. Let people know sometimes, uh, no, I, I don't want to do all that. This season in my life, I just want to sit at the feet. Do not allow people to pressure you out of his presence. Ooh, thank you, God, again. Do not allow people, three Ps, don't allow people to pressure you out of his presence. Write that down, somebody, three Ps. People, pressure, out of his presence, okay? That was from God right there, baby, already. So Mary understood that. Mary understood that. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening. Again, I got that key word, a key word. A word that can get you su- to success. A word that, that, that can get you favor, believer. Huh? A word that can save your marriage, believer. A word that can, t- can save your child. What is it? Listening. Listening. Listen to what people are saying. Listen to what they're saying to you. Not listening to argue, not listening to have a comeback, but just listening to what they're saying. Mary said, I want to listen to what he taught. I want to listen to what he's teaching. You don't have to do a miracle right now for me, God. Let me just learn what's coming out your mouth. Because you told me in Matthew, I should, man should not live by bread alone, by, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, she understood that. That's a revelation. When you get a revelation like that, you know, those revelations can take you through life. When you just say, I, I, I believe that word about just believing every word that comes from the mouth of Jesus. Mary say, so let me sit right now. Let me sit right now. Okay, okay, let's keep going. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Now, when I read that automatically, the Holy Spirit said, talk to this generation about the big dinners of their life. And he he had me write it down. The big dinners of our generation. Number one, we the big dinner that we are trying to prepare for our generation is well. Everybody's so caught up on wealth and, and investments. We are steady trying to prepare this. Like Martha, we get so distracted by uh, preparing this big dinner of wealth and investments and all these type of things that we get distracted. And we, it, it distracts us from sitting at the feet of Jesus. Number two, we get so distracted by, by the dinner of our identity. We so uh, focus on our identity that we don't even have time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Not knowing is that when you sit at the feet of Jesus, that's when you get your identity. That's when you get your identity. You are walking away. You are distracted from the exact thing that can help you find yourself, woman of God. Man of God. The exact thing. But you're distracted. These are another forms of the big dinners of our generations. Okay? Our careers. We so busy preparing and uh trying to make sure our career is on the right path. and And nothing wrong with those things. But when you have Jesus in your midst, when you have him at your feet, when he's in your home, when he comes to visit you, know when to put those things down and just sit at the feet. You got to have discernment. You got to know when, oh, woo, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everything got to stop. The wealth got to stop. My All that got to stop. All, the dinner got to stop. Man, shut everything off. Shut the chicken off. Cut off the yams. Yeah, take the cornbread out right now. Jesus been stepped in. How, she's preparing a meal. Listen to this, y'all. Thank, thank God. She's preparing something that he can event. Do you see what I'm saying? He can, he can, he can uh do a miracle and have food come out of nowhere. That's what he was doing already. But she's trying to work her way into his uh presence. That's what Martha, uh Martha is doing. She's trying to work her way in Jesus. You can't do that. You come humbly before him. Don't try to work your way to his presence. That don't work. That don't work. We're so busy, though, preparing these things, our careers, our relationships. So busy doing that that we get so distracted by relationships with our families, with our friends, with our marriage, with our kids, etc those type of relationships we so distracted trying to make sure they are good that we forget to just sit at the presence of God to listen to what he has to say about your relationship you are so invested in a relationship have you heard what Jesus thought about it mm. your mind is so invested into the relationship have you even thought about what Jesus th- uh, thought about it have you took time to listen to what he has to say about it. Go sit at his feet, believer. Go sit at his feet. We're so busy preparing our social media platforms that we get distracted. We're preparing these things, thinking we are preparing things that that that'll get us closer to him Or And, you know, these, like, again, these things are not bad. What I'm saying and what I want the Holy Spirit to reveal to you is that you guys are being distracted. The dinner itself wasn't bad. Nothing wrong with uh, food. Her priorities
1: wasn't right. You know,
0: your priorities wasn't right. When, 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 when I'm, uh, let's just say I'm in the house, right, and I'm watching a game or I'm on the phone, when my beautiful, lovely, chocolate, sweet, thing, you wife walks in, my priorities need to switch from the game or the phone or anything that I'm watching, and it needs to be focused on her. Why? Because my priorities need to be in check. Nothing wrong with watching the game, nothing wrong with talking on the phone, but something more important than walked in. So my priorities, my mind is shift. My eyes have shift. My heart is shift. Right. So you got to have discernment to know, OK, this is the time I got to shift. Because if I don't acknowledge that when it comes in, when I don't acknowledge that presence when it come in see now it can be a discord oh god he talking right now See it can be a oh see god some of y'all is in discord with god because you're not acknowledging him mm. oh come on god talk to us you're not acknowledging him You don't acknowledge him when he walks in. You don't acknowledge him when he steps into your heart. You don't acknowledge him when he steps into your mind, when he flows through your veins, when he keeps your heart pumping, when he allows you to walk, when he allows you to stand. You don't acknowledge him. So there's a discord. You know? So you think this game is better than me, right? That's what you were saying, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Some of y'all think that relationships is better than him. Check this out. He also told me to say this. I know this might, we are too busy preparing ministries. Oh, come on, God, you better talk. You better talk to our hearts, God. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. We so busy preparing ministries, nonprofit organizations. You know, all these things that it really gets you distracted if you take a deep look at yourself. If you take a deep look, it's distracting us from just sitting at his feet and listening. God say the big dinners of this generation are ministries, ministries, cry rehearsals, you know. Healing, healing, healing ministries, and and uh, all, uh, whatever all these things that we have, prophetic uh, uh, ministries, and all these things, they are distracting people because people want to get anointed so fast, people want to get a title so p- fast, people want to get a, a a platform so fast that it's just it we we're such in a rush that we don't have time to sit at his feet. We don't have time to sit at his feet. And last but not least, what he told me of the big dinners of our generation, he say status and clout, the new drug. Your crack cocaine don't got nothing on this. You know, you know how 80s crack was to the 80s. Status and clout is for this generation. It has the same impact. People are strung out on status and clout. I didn't I didn't try to make that rhyme. That just flowed. That's how the Holy Spirit go. But people are strung out <laughs> on status and clout. That's a uh, somebody, yeah, write that down. Something. That's a uh, slogan or something. So take it. That's free. That's free. <laughs> Let me go ahead and sip that water real quick. But yeah, I mean, they shooting up in their veins every morning. Soon as they get up, they take a hit of their clout. They take a hit of their status. They go straight to the to the to the to the to the uh Instagram. They go straight to the Twitter. They go straight to the whatever just to see where they status at. They take a hit of it. They go straight to the uh, stocks. They go straight to the bonds. They they want to see what they money doing. They take a hit of it. It's like they putting a belt around their arm and they take a hit and see what they clouded and they, they get high off of it. That's what they. That is the new drug of our generation: status and cloud. Okay. And if you want to get off of it, you can go to this rehab center called Repentance. Yeah. There's a rehab center called Repentance, open 24 hours a day, 24-7 around the clock. We got plenty of uh, laborers who are ready 24-7. So, yeah, if you know anybody who's strung out on status and clout and they're trying to get off of it, please point them to the uh, rehabilitation center called Repentance. It's a very good uh, center. I promise you. So uh, so those are the big dinners of our generation. So anyway, she came. But Martha was distracted by a big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Tell her to come help me.
1: Martha, you need to help yourself and come sit down.
0: See. When you get into preparing big things, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And see, now you got expectations for people like Mary to come help you. But guess what? She didn't sign up for that. I'm talking to somebody right now. You decided to step out and do that. Oh, help somebody get free right now, God. You decided to start that. You decided to want to do that or take that avenue to take that lane. And now you're mad that nobody's coming to bail you out, Martha. Don't get mad at the Marys of the world because they just focus at Jesus' feet. Why are you mad at them? You decided to prepare this big dinner. God didn't even tell you to prepare that big dinner. Your flesh wanted to prepare that dinner. Why? Because you were strung out on status and clout. Oh, my God, that's the Holy Spirit talking. That's the Holy Spirit talking. That's why, Martha, thank you for that revelation. That's why she wanted to prepare this big dinner. She wanted some status of clout. She wanted somebody to say, ooh, who cooked this dinner? Ooh, who did this? Ooh, this is, ooh, Martha, oh, Martha, come on, Martha. You're so blessed. You're so favored. You're so anointed. Martha was strung out on clout. And Jesus had to let her know something, y'all. This is what he had to let her know. He said, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, look how so kind he is. He going to be assertive, but he going to be so kind and gentle with it. Right? Learn how to be kind and gentle when you cut somebody. <laughs> when you bring in that sword. Ask God to teach me how to be kind and gentle like you when I bring that word, God, because your word is already powerful enough. It already cuts deep. It already, you know, gets to the soul of things. It gets to the heart of people. So can you give me a, a way where I can do it gentle like you? So i give you a, a quick way right here. When you want to uh make it nice for people, put dearer in head. dear brother let me tell you something when you know you got to check somebody just start saying hey dear 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 brother let me tell you something before you ever step to me like that again okay yeah dear child when, you, when your child getting out of line just say dear child do you know not where i come from do you know not what hood i come from dear child <laughs> yeah y'all go ahead tell them dear But he said, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Can I ask you a question tonight, believer? What are you worried and upset about right now? Take five seconds. Think about it. Let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. What am I worried and upset about? if I really? have Jesus in my presence, if I'm really saying I'm a disciple, I'm a follower of Christ, what am I really worried and upset about? If he is my exceedingly great reward, if I really believe that, if I really believe that he's
1: in me, what am I really worried and upset about?
0: Somebody is getting freed right now. Somebody is saying, I, I, I hear it. In a, somebody is saying, you know what? I'm done worrying about that. Praise God. You just got freed, whoever that was. Praise God. Praise God. 42, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Do y'all hear? The, uh, I want y'all to see the confidence what Jesus is about to say. The confidence who Jesus knew who he was for him to say something like this. This man was confident without a house, without a car, without investments, without stocking bonds, without any wealth, without anything that can say he built this, without any big time ministry, without a building, without any, I don't, he didn't have no marriage. He didn't have no kids. But look what this man is about to say, the confidence. He says, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. He's basically saying, Mary discovered me. <laughs> Oh, I laugh when I just see how God was so just confident in who he was. And that's how you got to be a woman of God, man of God. You just got to be confident in who you are. So what? My ears is big. So what? My nose is big. So what if I don't got no good house? So what if I got a little love handle? So what if you think I'm ugly? So what if I got a couple of gaps in my teeth? I'm just confident in who I am. Mm. Yeah. And when you confident in that, it will not be taken away from you. Oh, my God. Come on. He talking. He talking. He talking. Do you hear him talking to your heart? Yeah, somebody getting freed. Somebody getting freed in his nation today. Somebody getting freed in his word today. You feel me? So let us go, you know, let's do a preview real quick. The big dinners of our generation is wealth, our identity, our careers, relationships, social media platform, ministry, status, and clout. Watch out for those big dinners. Watch, watch out that you're not busy preparing all the time for these things that you forget to sit at his feet. Okay. That you forget to sit at his feet. Now let's go to, we just moving and grooving. Y'all know how we do. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. We were just in Luke chapter 10. Now let's go over uh, to Luke chapter 12 and let's start at verse 13. Let's start at verse 13. Take a couple seconds and say thank you and thank God for his word. Yeah, just take a couple seconds. I don't don't know, you know, just a couple seconds. Just say, God, I just want to thank you for your word. It's so good. It's so rich. It's so fulfilling. Yeah. The steak be good, but 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 this food is good right here. That, that wing dinner for Timmy Chan, it's good. It's, it, it is good. That barbecue from Ike's is good. But 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 this food right here, it just hits my soul. And I never get uh hungry again sometimes, God. So I appreciate this. I appreciate it. You put the right season in it. What's that season? Is that Laurie? Hi, God? Is that Laurie season you got on now? What is that? You put the right salt, you put the right pepper, it just hit right. It's the right temperature. Everything is so good, God. Appreciate that preparing this. Yeah, I say I've been preparing big dinners, Martha. <laughs> hey, come on. This is the parable of the rich food. I want to talk to people who uh, who has a desire to be rich. I don't think nothing's wrong with that. If you have a desire to be rich, I think, hey, go get rich and do, you know, do right by that. But you don't want to be rich and be a fool. That don't go. No matter how much money you got, if you're a fool, oh, man. Oh, man, that's a bad place to be in. You should have just been broke. (laughs) You might as well just be broke if you're going to be rich and a fool. Well, why do you say that? Well, he's going to tell us. He's going to tell us. So we in Luke 12. So that means he just left Martha house. Right. He he left Martha house. And, you know, how Jesus, he was just moving and grooving. If you look at the beginning of chapter 12, he he started banging on the uh, Pharisees. Yeah. He started just banging on the Pharisees, uh, just all all of. He just letting them know, man, y'all out of there for real. That's what he was doing. And then he came to this. He said, then someone called from the crowd. Someone called from the crowd. Now, we don't know who this someone is, but they had an a important question. They had a great question, right? And they said, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Number one, so we already see that off top, you're in the presence of God. You're in the presence of God. And see, these are these human, human concerns that he was telling Peter about. You don't have the mind of God. You focus on these human things, divide your estate. I'm not. I don't. I didn't come to uh, get involved with. I, I come to save souls. I come to save souls. I give you wisdom. I give you knowledge to deal with that. But I'm. I'm. I'm in the business of saving souls. But here's a fool, basically, who didn't have the discernment to know these are not the type of questions you want to ask when the presence of God is coming by. Mm, I'm talking to, see, so you want to be in a, in a certain movement where you just, there's certain questions you're not even going to ask him right now. I, I don't want to ask that. I mean, there's a wave that's coming through. and I need to really be healed. I really need to be healed. So before I open my mouth, what do I need to ask God? He used to do that a lot when he used to come up to uh, people who was sick. When you read the gospel, he'll come up to him and say, what is it that you want? I got to ask you, believer, do you know what you really want? Or is you discombobulated like you in a notebook? You don't even know what you want. He got to keep asking you like you in a notebook. What do you want? Oh, have mercy. So verse 14, Jesus replied, friend. You see that he, he's finna to check him. But you see how he comes gentle with him? Friend. <laughs> I told See, we got to learn how to be gentle, very, you know, witty with it. He say, friend. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It, it, it's funny to me because I just see how he's finna check somebody. He was steady checking people, but he knew how to do it just in a friend. <laughs> so he said, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said,
1: beware. Beware. So his mood automatically
0: switched right there. Right there, beware. That's when you got to focus. Oh, let me pay attention. What is he telling me to be aware of? When you come up to a gate and it says, beware of the dogs,"
1: don't you proceed with cautions. Right? Beware. There's a
0: line behind this gate. Won't you run away from that gate? Won't you tell everybody, hey, get back, get back, get back. Oh, get back. They said something. Yeah, beware of that. He says, beware. So we focus and we listen, believer. When we see these words in the uh, word of God, we say, ooh, pay close attention. Guard against every kind of greed. Okay, okay.
1: Okay, he's not even answering
0: that human question, that human concern. He say, I I got something deeper for you. I think you should guard against all kind of greed. That's just not talking about money, possessions, clout, friends greed you want you want many mens, you want many women. you want many houses, you want many uh, 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 people, you want many cars you, it, It's you can be in greed of a lot of things you want more knowledge, you want more education, you want more this and more that that's a there's a spirit of greed And Jesus is saying beware of that. Then he says something that will go against this whole, Culture of this generation. Life is not measured by how much you own. And if you look at our culture today, it's all about owning stuff. He goes completely opposite of the spirit of this generation. Mm, 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 mm. See, this is why people don't want to follow Jesus. Do you see how he just debunked? every single platform that's on youtube these days every single platform that's on your instagram these days he say your life is not measured by what you own oh my god
1: oh my god that's deep
0: y'all y'all really we gotta really pay attention we really gotta what is he saying he's really uh coming at that because per- the person uh want to talk about the father and state because we get a certain identity from owning estates we get a certain identity in owning things but Jesus just debunked that he hit him at his heart
1: he hit him at his heart you see what I'm saying y'all he
0: hit him straight in his hit him straight in his chest and it said like, your life is not Measured by that. See, you're too busy preparing a big dinner about owning things. And you're missing the point. See, when you get into that type of lifestyle, you have not guard yourself against greed. Let the spirit of God talk to you. Don't let this human man right here, this voice, let the spirit of God minister to your heart. Let the spirit of God minister to your heart right now. When you get caught up in uh, all this, you're trying to do this and you're measuring your life about owning things, you have not guarded yourself against greed. Verse 16, then he told them a story. He told them a story. You have so many stories, believer, that you can tell people while you're ministering the gospel of God. Tell them a story about how God delivered you. Tell them a story about the miracles God in your life. Tell them stories how God spanked you. Don't just tell, you know, sometimes we gotta let people know, you know, yeah, he he, he spanked me. So let's tell some stories. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. So this rich man, he got clout. This rich man, he had a farm and it was producing. So he had plenty of fruit. When you looked at his farm, it's, it's doing fine. It's doing success because it's the, 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 the stuff he was producing, it looked fine, it looked nice. When you looked at it, he was on the Forbes magazines. Yeah, he was on TED Talks because of the fruits that he produced. It was such fine crops. He was on the latest talk shows of the crops that he produced. This was this rich man. And this rich man, he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. He was so wealthy. He didn't have no room for his crops. He didn't have no, the bank couldn't hold all his crops. Investment couldn't hold all his crops. The stocks couldn't hold all his crops. That's how successful this man was. That's how successful this rich man was. You see what I'm saying? This is a man who you knew he had clout. This is a man you knew he had followers. He had to be that man. He was that dude. He was that woman because their crops was just growing. They had so many. And then he said, I know. I know. I know. I. I know.
1: He's not conversing with God right now.
0: He's conversing with himself. Be careful with always conversing with yourself. There's a way to seem right unto a man, but the end there is is death. This way seems right unto this rich man. He's rich, right? We live in a generation where rich people talk. We just think they're right. That's crazy to me. That's insane to me. That's so. In, that's we gotta stop that. Just because they're rich doesn't mean that they're right. Just because they got money and billions and all these things that God has. He controls all of that. You know what I mean? But hey, this man seems the way he's thinking. He seems like he's right. But let's see what where it's going to end up at. He said, I know I will tear down my bones and build bigger ones. So he's going to build him a big stadium. He's gonna build him a big house. He's gonna build him a big barn. He's gonna build just big, big, big stuff. He's tearing down. He's he's building new. He's laying the foundation. He has brick. You ride by. You say, "Ooh, that's gonna be nice when it's finished." You see the you know because we cocky like that. We think just because we start something, that means we just go finish it. The arrogance of him in this story, the arrogance of his minds. I know I tear down my bones and build bigger ones. Who says you're going to have time to build the bigger ones? Who says you're going to have the strength to tear down? See that's why you have to consult with God. God, I do. I have plans to want to build. I have plans to want to tear down. I have plans to want to grow some crops. But I'm coming to you first and asking you if it's Thy will. If you can give me strength. If you can give me energy. energy excuse me. Can you help me do this? If it's Your will. But this rich fool. I'ma talk like God talk. This rich fool had the nerves to say, "I know what I'll do." Money will have you talking like that. Pop will have you thinking like that. Followers will have you moving like that. Then I have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. You see, my wheat. My wheat. Who you think put the fertilizer in the
1: ground, fool? It ain't yours. It's not your wheat. It's not your other goods.
0: Verse 19. And I sit back and say to myself, you see, he talking to himself again. Talking to himself again. Not consulting with God. And I say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Take it easy. Just eat, drink, and be merry. Take it easy. Don't stress out. Take it easy. Just eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Money can't save you from that type of judgment. Your riches can't save you when God come talking to you like that. See, your wealth may charm and disarm a lot of people, a lot of humans. See, your wealth may flatter a lot of humans, but your wealth, man of God, your wealth, woman of God, your wealth, humans, it can't charm and disarm the creator. He say this night, (laughs) he told a rich fool, this night, I know you got plans to build a big barn. I know you got plans to build your big house. I know you got plans to go here. And I know you got plans to do that. And I know you got plans to invest in all that. But he says, you fool, you would die this very night. Then who will get everything
1: you work for?
0: And then he ended it off. Yes, a person is a fool. To store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. I'm going to read that again. Listen to what Jesus is saying to a culture that's all about owning and building wealth. Okay. Open your ears and open your heart to what he's saying right now. Yes. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Check your bank account. I'm talking spiritual right now. Check your bank account, man. Some of y'all insufficient fund when it comes to your relationship with God. Yeah, you got billions in the bank in your earthly bank. But when it comes to a relationship with God, you have insufficient funds. And I want you to know your PIN number needs to be R-E-P-E-N-T. Repent. That needs to be your PIN number. OK, I want to end off with this and I'm going to let you guys go. I want to talk to this generation and God wants to uh, the Holy Spirit wants to talk to this generation about uh, there's a difference between between healing of God and Philly. OK, so I really want to get this to the young people, too, and I pray that the uh, that the Holy Spirit lets the young people hear this, because, you know, with videos and. Just a lot of things that goes on in the uh, Babylon of America, (laughs) because that's what it is, the Babylon of America. You can get confused about what a healing of God is and just a feeling of God. And so he uh, gave me a couple of verses about that, because if you really look at when God, again, studying the uh, Gospels, you will see every there was instances when God will heal somebody. Jesus will walk up to somebody and heal them. And he'll say these profound words that I want us to pay attention to. He'll say things like not go in sin no more. OK. So go and sin them. I want you to understand young people and believers, a healing of God. Number one, when you're in a healing, when it's a real healing of God, it's going to call you up out of your sin. Okay. If you're getting these, you know, uh, Whataburger healings and you're going back to the same lifestyle, that was just a feeling. That was just a feeling. See, a real healing of God is going to call you up out of your darkness. It's going to call you up out of your your sin. It's going to call you to repentance. That's what a healing of God looks like. It's not an experience. It's not a you fall out and you give money away and you do this and you have these big conferences. No, it's not that a healing, a real healing of God calls you into a new lifestyle. Okay? It calls you into a new lifestyle. John chapter 5 and verse 14. You can write these uh, verses down and please go back over and read and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. It says, uh, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. See, he healed him and a healing, you see how he's calling him about his sin? You see, he's telling him, stop sinning. And us prophets or us preachers, us pastors, we need to let the people know. You want me to pray over you, but if you're going back to the same lifestyle, don't waste my time. Don't waste God's time. Don't waste the church time. If you know in your heart that you're gonna go right back to those things, uh, uh, talk to me later, okay? Seriously, because you're not being, you're not ready for real healing of God. Another verse, it talks about uh, in John chapter eight and verse eleven. He says, "No one, sir, should say it." She said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and live your life in sin no more. Again, this is the uh, woman who uh, who was in adultery. and You know, people was trying to condemn her and all these type of things. And he spoke a word to her. But again, he's speaking. But the first thing I want y'all to see, he's calling them about it, that lifestyle. If you are going to a ministry, right, every single Sunday and you're just in the feelings, how do you know you're in the feelings? How do I know that divorce? How do I know that? Tell me you're not being called up out of your lifestyle. You're just uh, having an experience of religion. You're having an experience of good worship.
1: You love the feeling of a good sermon. But that sermon is not healing you.
0: Your heart may be hardened. Okay, it will start to convict you a healing of God. Okay, you may not. Let's just say I'm not uh, the Holy Spirit wants to uh, say this to you. It may not happen overnight. You know, you just you drop everything cold turkey. No, 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 no. But I do want to say this. It will start to convict you of a of your lifestyle in the darkness of it. That's what a healing of God looks like. So let's just say you get healed and uh, the spirit of God touches you. And uh, let's just say, you uh, you know, because uh, you shacking up with somebody, you just living with somebody, you know, and you're just doing your own thing. You will start to get convicted by that. That's how you know you're getting healed by God. You think it's conflict in your relationship? No, 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 no. That's the that's the healing of God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you start you you roll up a blunt and smoke half of it, and be like, oh, I'm just. Oh. It, it, that's the healing of God. You'll start drinking and start saying, "Oh, that just don't taste white." Right. That's the healing of God. You would cut somebody out and, 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 and deep down inside you. I shouldn't have said that. That's what the healing of God looks like. A feeling, you don't have no conviction. You go to church, they pray over you. You go right back and y'all doing it all over again. That's a feeling.
1: You have a feeling.
0: You didn't get a healing. Okay, I got a couple of verses for that. I just want to say these verses too. Isaiah 42 and verse 16, "I will lead the blind by ways they have not known a long, unfamiliar path. See It's unfamiliar for you to be convicted of fornicating. That's an unfamiliar thing for you. It's unfamiliar to you not to want to go out. It's unfamiliar to you not to want to watch certain things. It's unfamiliar to you not to want to be in those type of relationships to you. That's the healing of God. He's leading you along unfamiliar paths. Others may think something is wrong with you. No, no, no. That's the healing of God leading you down these paths. Then he says, I will guide them. I will turn their darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These things these are the things I would do. You hear God talking to you? I would turn the darkness into light before them. That's when you know you have a healing of God. You've been going to church 20 years and you still in darkness. You've been, that's a feeling. That's a feeling.
1: That's a feeling.
0: And we got to get up out of that. I'm calling you up out of that belief. John chapter 8 and verse 12. it says, "When Jesus spoke again to the people, he says, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, walking is a constant uh, movement. So, because, you know, I, I know sometimes the heart and minds of people may say, well, you know, sometimes I do darkness. You're not walking in it means you're constantly in it. You may do a two step in it. But you better two step right back out. That's how you know you got a healing of God. You may two step in darkness for a little bit. Right. You may jug in it for a little bit. Right. You may hookah, 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 hookah in it for a little bit. But 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 when you're being healed by God. You 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 got to walk right. You you say, "Oh, I got to get up out of this. Uh, uh-uh, uh, this 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 don't feel right." Mm-mm. The darkness starts to become a, a place of stress to you. It starts to become a. F- a place of headache. You you really can't even have fun in it no more. You you know. Oh, thank you God. You know you being healed by God when the things that you used to like now it just stresses you out. You be convicted all day. You be stressed about it all day. You can't be peaceful about it all day. You smoking weed but you paranoid. That's the healing of God, baby. <laughs> Talk to us, God. I'm talking to the culture right now. That's the healing of God. You're smoking, you're drinking, but you're paranoid. You know what I'm saying? You didn't fornicated with somebody, but you really can't lay on a chest like you want to, cause you're like this ain't right. You really can't cuddle with them like you want to, cause you know the healing of God is on your life. Touch somebody and say I got the healing of God right now. That's why I'm not comfortable in this mess no more. Mm. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh we man. Oh, my God, God. Thank you, God. I love it when I see people who, yeah, they in mess, but I can tell when they're not comfortable in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the devil, yeah, I mean it, but I'm not comfortable in it. hmm I do not despise the day of small beginnings. Yeah, I know you're trying to con- uh trying to condemn me, and I know you're trying to make condemnation about me, but I'm not comfortable in this mess no more. I thank God for not just being comfortable in it. hmm yeah, 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 yeah. I get. I uh, uh, shout out to the uh, to the man of God. You you're not comfortable with watching porn no more. You're not comfortable. You get a you get a bad feeling after you watch it. You get a bad feeling when you look at somebody's lusting and, and lusting out the women and all those. Yeah, there's a bad feeling that come over you. Touch God. Touch God. Touch God. Touch the hearts of them right now, God. Mm. come on, come on, come on. Talk to us. Talk to us, God. We need your help, God. Ephesians chapter five and verse eight, it says, for once you was full of darkness. That's why we got to show mercy. That's why we got to be, you know, humble about our light. You know, we don't want to flex too much. You feel me? You don't want to much because, you know, you once were full of darkness. But now you have the light from the Lord. See, that light comes from the Lord. Make sure you let people know, it. oh, this is our God. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. How do we know that we're living in a light? He, spent, he made it so simple. It produces what is good. It's going to produce what is right. And it's going to produce what is true. It can't produce falsehood. It can't produce wrong. And it can't produce bad. So be careful and be mindful of these sneaky prophets and sneaky teachers of demon teachings who coming out here talking about this is the light. Is it producing what's true? Is it producing what's right? And it's producing what's good. Let me see your light and I'm going to put it up against mine. Not mine light, but Jesus light. You know what I'm saying? And so check this out, y'all. Keep on, ride with me, ride with me. We almost done, ride to the corner start with me. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully determines what pleases the Lord. Carefully examine, okay, what, what can I do? What, what, what things in my life? You, you know, you go through a self-examination to see is I'm, de- I'm gonna be determined to please the Lord. God wants believers who are determined who wants to please. Them. We determine to get that
1: money. We
0: determine when it comes to these relationships. We determine to get uh do what's right on that jo- job job, and, and you know it's all good and dandy, but come on, let's get determined about what pleases God. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. The year revealed. Expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Oh, he talking to some people right now. He says shameful even talk about it. And then he says, but their evil attentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. See, your presence alone exposes people's attentions. Your presence alone. I didn't have, I I, I really, I experienced that a lot. I'm not just saying that, but that's just the uh, the realm I live in most of the time. Your presence alone will expose the attentions of people. It really does. When you're carrying that light like that. That's not, you don't have to be this special individual either. You just got to be determined to please God. That's it. You got to have a heart and a determination that this life that I live is not to please anybody but God, bro. It's not to please anybody but God, sis. It's not to please anybody but God, blood. It's not to please anybody but God, could. Yeah. So when you have that type of determination, when you have that type of boldness, right, you start to carry this light that exposes people. You don't even say nothing, it just exposes people. Yeah, just like that. For real, for real. Verse 14 for the light makes everything visible. This is why it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. So what I got to do to get that light? You don't got to go to Jacob the Jewel. No, you don't got to go to Johnny Dane to get the light to get that shine. Here's what you got. You don't even got to have a lot of money to get that shine on you. You feel me? You don't got to get no jewelry cleaning to get this shine on you, cuz. All you got to do is awake. Oh, sleeper, you been sleep, cuz. I hear you saying that you woke, but you really sleep. I hear you saying that you woke, but you really in a coma. For real, for real. Rise up from the dead. What is the dead? That lifestyle that you in. Those sin lifestyles that you in, that's what's keeping you dead. I know we don't like to talk about this word, but that sin is what's keeping you dead. You living in it. He says, if you awake and rise from that, get up out of that, be healed from that. Because again, when you're healed, you're called from that. And when you do, just imagine God putting a big chain around your neck, right? Yeah. He put a big ice medallion around your neck, yeah, 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 yeah. See, people can't see the medallion, but they feel it though. Yeah, they know it's like, dang, what's what's up? Yeah, he's, he's shining, she's shining. What that? Yeah, God and put a big iced out diamond, precious cut medallion around your neck. You feel? And now you just shining. That light just shining on you, for real. It's like that. And that's the only way a believer's supposed to live. Period, until the day that they die. No excuses about it. And them the only people you need to be around. Yeah, we got no jury on, but we shining. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, we got no jury on, but we stay shining over here. Yeah, and if we do got jury on, hey, it might cost $20 from Amazon, but we still shining, though. Yeah, check us out. Can you see me now? Can you get the clear picture? Picture me, rolling. (laughs) You busters. You supposed to be happy, I got to say. Why you mad? (laughs) It's the underground, man. A place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I told you I'm just the voice of one calling out saying repent. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand, man. It's at hand. You feel me? It's at hand. We up here playing, man. The kingdom of God is right by us, man. Take it hold of it. We touch our hand and grab it, man. I'm talking to all the believers right now. It's time for you to stand up and shine, man. It's time for you to wake, old sleeper. Rise from the dead. Rise from the sin. Get up out of that sin. Get up out of that lifestyle. Get out of that darkness. And Christ will give you that light, man. Yeah. Ah, man, I'm feeling this one, man. Hey, play this one at my funeral, baby. Yeah. Play this there in my I want everybody to shine, man. I want the Christ light to shine on every believer right now that's listening man when you go to your job this is just on you. i promise you that people gonna start seeing hey man what you got going on yo yeah. people gonna come up to you out of nowhere man hey what's this shining on you? and you let them know man that's christ man yeah you know what i'm saying joe told us already joe hey joe told us already you double up <laughs> My boy Joe, he said, Joe say, so, hey, he drove up, huh? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I appreciate everybody coming out, man. Oh. I had fun tonight. I love preaching this word of God, man, with This culture, yeah, I love banging on this culture with this word of God. Yeah, we ain't, hey, we ain't turning down for nothing now. Yeah, Yo, Devil, you should've killed it when you had a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should've left. Like, when we was in that coma, when we was uh, asleep, when we was uh, in that depth, when we was in that lifestyle. Yeah, you should've did what you had to do. Oh, now we a rise up baby, It's on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on now. We bold. and yeah, We coming. We coming now. I swear we coming. Yeah, we coming, man. Hey, y'all be looking out for some new uh content on my uh on this uh, underground platform. I got some people man who spend some mad fire. They got so much talent. We got people doing poetry. We got people rapping. You know what I'm saying? They spitting that word of God and they give talents. So y'all look out for that, uh, look out for them, uh, many things on this platform coming soon, man. We want the underground to be a platform that, hey, we just want to accelerate the gifts and talents of God's people. So if you know anybody, man, send them my way, man. Let them know. Hit me up. But yeah, tomorrow when you wake up, hey, let that light shine. Let that light shine. It's been the underground. The place to hit the first job Before you go 60. You. Am I? I swear, I ain't nobody close to me. Just before one calling out saying, repent. You what know happiness that has?